Miracy. I want them to be reconnected to, this is the goal, this is our intention on working together. I am tracking it as your coach. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm doing something that is subtle in the session or a visualization or mindset work or the tapping work that I teach, right, to go to these deeper spaces, I am starting with that powerful intention. And I'm reminding myself to do that every session. Do you want your coaching clients to have and experience tangible shifts during a session? Of course you do. As coaches, we love to serve our clients in the most powerful and encouraging way. But what exactly does a powerful session entail? I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. In this podcast, we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. So keep listening. As a coach, it's your job to move the client from where they are now to where they want to be and to do that in a way that allows the client to take the reins and direct the process. But they do this within a structure and a process provided by the coach. I'm going to talk to an expert on how to map out a powerful session. And today I've invited Margaret Lynch Ranieri to the show. Margaret, also known as the money tapping expert, is a renowned coach trainer and best-selling author of two five-star rated books, Unblocked and Tapping into Wealth. She gained wide recognition for her cutting-edge work integrating clinically proven energy psychology techniques that leverage her expertise in EFT, chakra work, and her revolutionary coaching frameworks. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you, Melinda. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Would you mind sharing a little bit of your background and why you became a coach? Sure. I was actually in corporate America as an engineer, of all things, for about 18 years, and it never really was my passion. And so like many people, I decided to have this daring next chapter where I wanted to be more in love with what I did and really help people that I saw struggling. And so for me, that was calling myself a success coach, which I made up on my own and printing out a business card (laughs) and taking some technique trainings. I learned hypnotherapy. I learned a lot about law of attraction. I learned about the tapping technique or emotional freedom technique going way back like 18 years ago. And I started endeavoring to help people who were success-focused people. And over time, after finding people to actually give me, you know, a chance and work with me, I started to get these broad strokes around how people get stuck, where they get stuck, the kinds of things that they needed to get consistent results over and over and over. And it was like, I thought I left engineering behind and suddenly my engineering brain was bringing in these frameworks and approaches and ways of doing things that could be tested, that could be proven to work consistently and get consistent results. And so even this map of a powerful session I want to talk about today, I kind of reverse engineered that from looking at how I developed for thousands of sessions over many years to do a session that was consistently powerful not just in my eyes, like, hey, I knocked that out of the park, right? 
but for the client to be having aha moments and saying to me, wow, this, this seems really important for us to be working on. This is great. And so I reverse engineered what I script and create as I started training and teaching coaches to get the same results as me. I give it to them in a very scripted, structured way to create this map of a powerful session that really gives you the pieces and the parts, the framework that we often don't get when we learn a technique or even when we learn an approach or style of coaching. You've mentioned the word structure a few times. Now, I too, I love structure, processes, systems, efficiencies, like I geek out on that because I know that structure breeds freedom so that I can be my best, bring my best and create the best opportunity for my clients. But most coaches are not structure efficiency geeks like you and I, but they really operate in that creative, nurturing, supportive space. I mean, after all, it's what makes us great coaches. And so for many coaches and especially newer coaches, the idea of creating structure in your coaching session, like they just want to run as far away from that idea as possible. And I hear coaches say something like, well, I just need to be present. I just need to really listen to my clients and then I'll know where to take the session. Why do people run from the idea of structure in your coaching sessions? Well, I think because it's going to sound like it's prescriptive, right? And you can't really prescribe a strict structure of a session, but it's kind of like, you know, being an artist, you've got to learn the basics and the structure so that you have that, as you said, the freedom. Part of the structure is knowing that you're going to navigate the deeper spaces of the session. That is my favorite part. It's like, I'm going to talk about the five different kinds of spaces that you actually hold in the session. But the thing is, some coaches are good at holding some kinds of spaces and others are good at other kinds. But when you bring them all together, these five powerful spaces you can hold in a session, it really makes the session masterful. And why not start out with a masterful session every time, or at least the structure to know that you're moving in that direction? Because the other thing that is so true about coaches is that we want to be really good at what we do. So, you know, to me, it's just bringing in the structure that is going to take things to the next level and make you feel like you are really in charge of the session. And that's something that I hear a lot of coaches talking about and a lot of people who coach and train coaches. They talk about how it's the client that really is the one kind of determining the direction that we're moving in and what we're focusing on. And the client is leading the way. And it's the coach that has to guide that. So even though the client is doing the work, they're they're the one kind of leading it. We are the guide and we have to know how to create that container for them to show up in, how to provide that experience for the clients to have so that they can have the best experience possible that you talked about. Now, when you were giving us a little bit about your background, you mentioned the phrase, how you have a map of a powerful session. Tell us about that. It's a very um, graphical map where you can see all of the steps. But in the steps, there are four things that we do over and over in the flow of a session. And that is lead, follow, integrate, mentor. And so holding that in mind that there's times in the session where you're going to strongly lead and then you're going to follow. You're going to hear from the client. You're going to respond to what they're bringing. 
And then there's times in the session when you're going to stop for integration and aha moments and connections. And then there's times when you are going to have to mentor them, especially when you've got strategies and steps that you want to teach them. And so keeping that in mind, it's a structure, but there is a flow. And that's what I love about it. It's not, the, it's not to follow the structure, but the structure becomes in your bones. And now you have just up-leveled everything you're doing and the client's experience. So now when you talk about lead, follow, integrate, and mentor, say more about integrate and what you mean by that. As the coach that's leading that session, when it comes time for that integrate moment, what am I doing? What's happening? How am I showing up in the session? So one of the things I, I mentioned is talking about these different kinds of spaces that we hold in the session. You know, I learned techniques. And so I couldn't wait to use my techniques. It's like <laughs> I would be rushing through the session. And at the end, people were like disoriented. What just happened to me? It, but I learned over time to slow down sometimes exactly when the client is trying to speed up, to stop for a what I call moments of consciousness. And that's when we integrate. That's when we say, okay, let's just stop for a minute. So we're, we're working on this and this is what's coming up. And let's really just sit with that for a minute. Let's understand that. Let's make the connections around this, whether it's something you're teaching them and how different it is and what the implications are or something that's coming up, a resistance that's getting in the way or a limiting belief. And not only just holding the space for consciousness about that, but the space for really sitting with the cost. So there's times in the session where it's really powerful before you jump in with an intervention or a teaching to say, wow, so how long do you think you have been procrastinating or doing that behavior of having that limiting belief or saying that mean thing to yourself when you're trying to move forward? And how much has that cost you? And really let someone sit there and think about it. It's not just in a sales conversation that we, we talk about the cost and the pain and sit with things. We allow them to really integrate, wow, you're right, this is a big deal. And this is why this coaching is important and it's meaningful. And so it, it's really making sure that they are understanding the value of what I already know you're bringing as a coach. I want to make sure the client is like, you're right, this is really important. Now, you talked about a couple of the spaces so mm -hmm. far, and I think you mentioned there are some others. What are some of the other spaces that we might be holding as a coach during the session? So one of the spaces that I really like people to remember to hold as we get towards the end of the session, you want to have an eye on the clock. This is just practical stuff, right? Like I've got 10 minutes left in this session, so I need to start moving towards the ending of the session. Sometimes intense emotional stuff can come up from a goal setting session, right? Like fear, limiting belief, I can't do it. Sometimes intense emotional stuff can come up because, Margaret, I actually failed before and that's all I can think about the more you try to push me towards my goal. One of the other spaces that we hold is holding the space to see the bigger picture. And it's really another integration moment. So towards the end of the session, it may feel repetitive to you, but it is not to the client to say, so as we look back at this session, you came in this way, complaining about this, and we started working on this strategy and I saw your energy start to crash. 
And we checked in on that. So you're literally walking through an integration of the session. And here's what we found underneath. And here's what that means. And here's what we just discussed. It's a way of giving your client at the end of a session, a moment of integrating, seeing the big pictures and seeing the next thing, which is the next space, which is holding the space for what is possible. A lot of coaches forget to do this and and I never did it until it literally burst out of my body and I had to start saying it, which was holding the space, a powerful space for what is possible. What is the potential? And so to speak to that, because people are starving for inspiration. They are starving to have someone who's that engaged with them, who just came through a session with them to look at them and say, you know, uh, imagine what can happen next. We had all these aha moments in this session, maybe some of which has been holding you back. Imagine what is possible. So you're supporting openness and curiosity about where this can go. Sessions are work, right? It's hard. That's why sessions don't go on forever. When you're a client in a session, it's tiring. So reminding them at the end, this is what the possibility is. This is where we're going. You work so hard today and this is why. Imagine what's possible as we've just crossed over this milestone of this session. And I think it's important for us coaches we have to see in others what they can't yet see in themselves. And so I think that space for what's possible is so important for us as coaches to not buy into the stories that our clients bring us or the evidence of what might be true in the moment, but we have to stay open and curious so that we can help our clients stay open and curious. Some of y'all listening, right, are already good at holding those spaces like holding space to navigate the deeper spaces in the session. So holding the spaces to lead your clients into what I call an activating exercise or something that kind of gives them an assessment of where are you, how strong is your resistance or how strong is your limiting belief? And then following that, where is that coming from? How much does that cost you? So just holding the space for watching your clients shift and then following them into the deeper spaces. You know, that's something that coaches often, as you said in the beginning, we love that flow. We love to get into the work. We love to get into the working part of the session. So those are in there as well. But adding in these other pieces is what creates a professional session that bridges from session to session. Um, and there's there's a way that I, I recommend you end the session as well that we can talk about. So how do you do that? For me to end a session powerfully every time is with um, three things, recognition, celebration, next steps. So honoring their courage or honoring the work we got done today, like this is a lot, you're taking it on, I threw a lot at you today, this is awesome. Sometimes I've seen in that last five minutes of session, a client get really emotional because they are really hard on themselves and they never allow that celebration. Remember that your sessions aren't just a session, right? Your sessions are holding people in a container over time. And that is as important as what goes on in the the microcosm of inside of a session. We're also linking these sessions together to hold a bigger space in a macro way 
a container that they enter into that is keeping them accountable, but it's also getting back on track when life happens. I don't know if any coach training programs teach this or not, but I think one of the most important coaching skills that we possess is sitting in the silence, just being okay with the quiet so that our clients can have time to process, integrate, contemplate, think, experience, move through. Like that silence is where a lot of that transformation happens. And so as a coach, that waiting, sitting in silence, so important inside the session. Yeah, I have to keep reminding coaches not only to do it, but to to realize that that sometimes your client is going to start to try to speed up and avoid that space. And you really have to take that breath, you know, back in your chair and be like, okay, I'm going to come back to that because they're like, well, do you have a strategy for that? And it's so easy (laughs) to get sucked in and be like, yes, let's do it. One, two, three, blah, blah, blah. And really that's not what they need. Their anxious mind is saying, I don't want to slow down right now. I got to avoid this moment or I might cry or something like that. My anxious mind is like, just tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Let's keep talking and debating. I actually see that they're trying to speed up. So I'm going to slow down here and hold a slower space. That's when you start to move into that mastery. Yeah, exactly. Now, we've talked a lot about what's in a powerful session. Are there things that shouldn't be in the session? Interesting. Yeah, what shouldn't be in the session? So what we have to remember inside the session is, you know, I call them the the five green flags of like, these are the things to listen and ask for to know that somebody is right for your coaching. And one of them is there's things that the client doesn't know how to do. They need a how-to, they need a strategy, they need a structure. So the second green flag is that they are stuck in some way. They have the three M's, I call it mistakes, misconceptions, and myths. They're getting stuck. They're getting stuck for too long. They're trying the wrong things. They're going down the wrong path. And then they're also not doing things. So what shouldn't be in the session is any sort of question marks from you or moments where you like reel backwards or panic when you hear that a client is getting stuck because it's one of the reasons they actually hired you. They've been stuck at the beginning, the middle, and the end. They're, they've got mistakes. They've got misconceptions. They've got myths. They've been doing it wrong. But they're also self-sabotaging in these ways of procrastinating or freezing. And then there should never be any question in your mind inside of a session that life isn't going to happen to your client. So clients that have had um, been on track for something. And now they've hit an unexpected curveball or a setback because life happens. And when that is happening, there's painful feelings underneath. There's embarrassment underneath. There's anger at the self underneath. There's catastrophizing, like, see, it's happening again. So I want you to remember you as the coach have to be unflappable. And like, of course that's happening. I expect that's happening. But the problem for you, the client is that when they're making progress, That's the last moment that they expected Mm -hmm. to be completely stuck in their progress because they were sailing. So for for you as a coach, you can't be thrown off by that. You want to be like, of course, this is natural. This is why I'm here. And, you know, my last thing, it's one of my last green flags is also that you 
have to remember they are alone in their goal in some way. And this happens in, you know, every field, whether it's weight loss or fitness or, um, or marketing or a small business owner trying to build a business, they're in it alone and they're un, they've been unsupported until now. And when they start to spiral, when they start to doubt themselves, they go, do it in secret. So it belongs in your consciousness inside of a session is, is there a place where they are trying to speed up or not talk about or not want to admit to where they are actually starting to go into the spiral of, I think I'm already failing, what is wrong with me, or feel some kind of a shame that they're afraid of the next step, that they're worried that people are going to judge them. So knowing that that is also in the air, I never want coaches to be blindsided by that. Because if a client who feels like, I don't think my coach is going to hold the space for the fact that I've been procrastinating for two weeks, they are not going to show up out of embarrassment. When I think about some of the other things that shouldn't be in a session, uh, in addition to what you've shared, I'm taken back to one of my mentor coaches when I first was starting out. And she shared this with me. And at first I was like, oh, I could never, I would never do that or couldn't do it. And she said, don't ever make something up. Mm -hmm. And what she meant by that was if somebody brings you a problem, a situation, a challenge, a scenario that they want coaching around, and you're not sure how to handle it or how to navigate it, don't pretend like you are by just continuing coaching. Let it be okay to say, you know what? I actually would like to take this to my mentor coach so that I can really make sure that I support you in the best way possible. And now you honor confidentiality and you assure the client, I'm not going to reveal your name or any particulars, but I just want to take this scenario. And can I bring this back next week? As a coach, knowing that that was there helped me to show up more authentically uh, in full transparency with my clients. And I knew I had a place to go that if I did, if something did cross the conversation that I was like, Ooh, I'm just not sure about this. I had the way to articulate it and a place to go and I could still serve my clients. So don't make stuff up because you're like, oh, I'm supposed to know this. Let me just keep coaching and hopefully we'll coach our way through this. But let it be okay that you don't know that. We have covered quite a lot about this. I just want to summarize a few things that we've talked about. We talked about how and why a lot of people will run from putting structure to a session. But I love how you talked about it actually just helps to learn the basics first it's not a one size fits all or we're prescripting something. It's just the basics, getting it down so that you can then maneuver within it. You talked about how to map a powerful session, what that map looks like and the basic framework for that flow and the four things that we need to do in every session. We talked about the different spaces that we're holding when we're inside of a session so that we make sure that we slow down exactly when that client is trying to speed up and kind of get out of that prime opportunity for that transformation. We talked about the space to see the bigger picture, the space for what's possible, and the space to navigate those deeper, stronger feelings, those those bigger, heavier moments. We talked about how your sessions are not just isolated moments. I know a lot of people that get into that mindset of trading time for money. They just see each session as a standalone thing. But I really love how you brought into the conversation that it's part of the macro and the microcosm of each session is, is part of this arc and this entire container that we're holding this space for. We got into what shouldn't be in a session. Margaret, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Any other parting words? 
Well, it would be that that you can do this, you know, that that coaching can transform the world, coach by coach, client by client. And I honestly believe that it is so needed right now. And so if you've been coaching or if it's been calling you, I want you to stay the course because this is one of the most powerful tools that we have to transform everyday people. And the pain is real, like underneath people's I have this goal for doubling my business or making more money or asking for a raise or getting a promotion, whatever their goal is, underneath those goals are real heartbreak and real heart longing and real dreams, real desires and real worries about disappointment and being heartbroken and being stuck. You are really doing powerful work when you help somebody go from where they are now to a place that they really, really want to be. So true. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Margaret for this incredible conversation. You can find out more about her at margaretlynchraniere.com. That's Margaret Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H, Ranieri, R-A-N-I-E-R-E.com. Margaret, thank you so much for coming to the show. Yay. Thank you, Melinda. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as To Lead as Human and Making It. Cynthia Lamb produced this episode. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Innie is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself 
is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.